So who's ready for today? <laughs> yeah, it'll be all right, promise. Um, let's do this. First things first, we lit another candle. This is Advent season. Being Advent season, we are looking forward to the second coming by remembering the first coming. The first coming is when Christ came. Um, he, he was born of a virgin. Uh, he was laid in a manger. He lived a, 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 sin, a sinless life. He died a death for you and I. He rose from the dead. He ascended on high. So that is what the first coming is. The second coming is, since he did all that, he said, uh, I'm going to come again. And when I come, I'm going to take you with me. That's the second coming. So we celebrate uh, the first coming by looking forward to the, the second coming, or we look forward to the second coming by celebrating the first coming. Everybody tracking with that? I, I've heard many people talk about how they never understood what, what um, the, uh, the season of Advent was. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't know what it was either until a couple years ago when somebody asked me, what exactly is Advent? Um, and at the time, it was like... Uh, you stumped the pastor. I was like, well, you see, it's this um, calendar thing. And, uh, what? and it, it put me into the, the, the mindset of, darn it, I got to figure out what this, this is all about. Because being uh, growing up in, in the tradition in which I grew up in, we didn't celebrate Advent at all. So with all that said, I, I hope over the past two years that we've had a, a little bit better understanding of what Advent is and that we can see the importance of it. And at the end of the day, if you're here for the first time and you've never celebrated Advent, it's very, very, very simple in the way in which I understand it and the way in which I teach it. It is, just like I said, it's looking forward to the second coming, Christ coming again, Him splitting the sky open, Him coming in all His power by celebrating the first coming. All right, we tracking? The third candle that we lit today is the shepherd's candle. So the first candle that we lit was the prophecy candle that the guys lit that a few weeks ago. And then last week we lit the Bethlehem candle. And they both have significance to them. And, and, um, but we, if you want to learn about that, go there. It's on the podcast. Go, go to listen to that. But this week, the shepherd's candle is important in the, in the fact that it, um, it symbolizes, uh, it, it uh, gives us a symbol of remembrance of the, the first of a long line of people, I say long, a very long line of people who joyfully shared the good news of the Savior's birth. Uh, next week, this will even be more solidified when we get into Charlie Brown's Christmas story. Um, what's Charlie Brown's Christmas story? Come on now, Luke chapter 2. Lame joke, got it, fine, let me get it out of the way. Hey, start my timer up there, because I don't want to go over on time. I got a goal for today. Um, but next week, we're going to be talking about how the, the, the shepherds are out in the, in the, in the, the field and, and keeping watch over the flock by night, and bam, there was some angels. That'll really solidify what we're going to be talking about or what we're going to see in this candle today. But I, I want us to, to understand that this long line of people who joyfully shared the, the, the good news uh, of Jesus' birth um, goes way even beyond the, the shepherds in the field. It goes way, way into the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah coming. 
So, with that, um, if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. Um, if, you're, uh, if you haven't been here for a while or, or you're visiting today, we are in a, um, we're in a series in the book of Luke. And being that we're in this series of the book of Luke, uh, what, what we've set out to do over the next three, four, five, six, seven years um, is go verse by verse through the book of Luke and look at uh, really the reason why the, uh, the Dr. Luke wrote this book. Um, does anybody remember what um, or why Luke wrote this book? Yes, it's going to be interaction today. That's another reason why I want to be on the floor. Anybody remember why Luke wrote this book? For certainty. For certainty. Thank you. Here, I'll give you money later. But, um, no, for, for certainty, certainty, Bobby is absolutely right. He wrote this book to a, a man named Theophilus, which uh, means friend of God or lover of God. And he wrote this in the intent where it says that so you can have certainty about the things in which you've been taught. So the whole reason we're going through this book of Luke is um, I want everybody to have certainty in the things in which they've been taught. Because there, there is a uh, mixture of muttedness in here. I don't know if that's a word. Like, you know, mutt, like uh, Heinz 57. We have different denominational backgrounds. We have different upbringings or whatever. We've been taught different things throughout our lives. Uh, I just want you to be certain about the things in which you've been taught. Like we talked about um, a few weeks ago, maybe some of those things in which you've been taught, you're going to find that they're not true. Or maybe some of those things you, in which you've been taught, you're going to find that they are, they're true and you even have more certainty in them. Fine. That's, uh, God bless you. That's the intended purpose for this whole series. Um, being that, that it is the, uh, the beginning or, or that it is an advent here, um, I think it's, it's uh, I don't know, I, I guess uh, appropriate as we started out how um, the, 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 the uh, timeline is going to put us with Luke chapter 2 next week of the, the story of, of Jesus actually being born um, and we'll talk about that, obviously, next week. But uh, I guess on a side note here, is anybody like, kind of stoked about the kids' uh, puppet show next week? <laughs> Does anybody know about the puppet show next week? Here, here's the deal. Um, and and, and uh, you will not be judged, but who knows the song Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, okay, so they're doing a puppet show. It's not called the Bohemian Rhapsody. It's called the Bethlehem Rhapsody. Um, they're doing a puppet show uh, along the, with uh, that music and everything. Um, so it's, uh, my, my wife says it's really cute. Um, I've been pull, I haven't seen any of it yet. I, I've seen YouTube videos and everything, but um, I say that. So next week is a perfect time to invite uh, the craziest people in your life to church because you could say we're going to be playing some queen, kind of, um, in, in, in church. So whatever it takes, because I, I guarantee you this. I will guarantee you this. Um, people who come next week will hear the gospel. Uh, so if we've got to use um, queen to get them in the door, fine. But we're going to tell them who Jesus is. And they're going to uh, not be able to say, well, I never knew. So with that, uh, next week, you know, bring your friends, bring your family. Um, <laughs> Maybe bring your family because maybe you don't have friends. I don't know. Um, we got to get a drummer in here. Speaking of that, um, Christmas Eve service. 
That's another thing I had to, I had to say. Christmas Eve service we will have. That's another time which is a, uh, it's a time of the year when people are more susceptible to come to church. Uh, Christmas and Easter are the, the two main church holidays of, of the year. Uh, I am unashamed to say that I want to pack this place out on Christmas Eve. So that means you all have work to do. Um, we've got a bunch more chairs and storage that we can bring out, so um, let, let's, let's just cram pack this place, not for the sake of saying, oh, look how many people we had, but for the same sake uh, that we were going to play queen next week is uh, to get people in the door so we can share the gospel with them. Because everything we do has to be focused on what Christ has done, because if, if it's not, we're really not celebrating Advent. Christ is, and I know this is that cliche that everybody hates, but Christ is the reason for the season. And we need to continually uh, be driving that, that home. So, I think that that was all the announcement stuff I had to have. And, um, but we'll, Christmas Day dinner, thank you very much. It's not the, all the announcements I had. You might want to pause my uh, timer there because I have a whole lot more. Um, but it, it doesn't matter anyways. Um, I was trying for 30 minutes today, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, that was kind of my Christmas present to y'all. No, maybe next week. So uh, Christmas Day dinner. Uh, a friend of mine, um, who <laughs> she actually did pause the timer. That's awesome. Uh, the, the, a friend of mine that some of you may know, Josh Allen, he's a community member. Um, he uh, did a, a, a Christmas Day dinner last year and used our kitchen to do this. On Christmas, they made meals and they uh, had people come in and eat dinner and whatever, um, which was awesome. There were some of you uh, actually went and volunteered um, at, you know, at that time, it was, which was great. Gave up uh, some of your time on Christmas. Well, last year, we only did like 38 meals. Well, this year, we're doing the same thing, but we've we're changed some things. Instead of just uh, having people come here and eat, we're actually going to be delivering meals to roughly about a 10 to 15-mile radius from the church. Uh, with that, we have had multiple um, other individuals that have said, I want to help. One of those individuals who said that I want to help, um, he is a, is a gentleman who had a business in Alliance that um, has been doing me these meals like this for the past like 12 or 13 years. This year, he's unable to do it because he sold his business and everything. Well, he's coming to help us um, do this, and um, he runs roughly around 300 meals when he does it. So, with all of that, this is probably going to be a very large effort in what it is we're going to be trying to do. Um, granted, we as a church are not coordinating this. What we're doing, we're providing the facilities and hopefully providing some volunteers to help with this. This is going to be, uh, the time frame we're looking at right now is between 10 and 2 on Christmas Day. Um, that's going to be for, uh, where we can you know, prepare the meals, actually not prepare, but package the meals, and then coordinate deliveries and, and, and such. Um, if you want to do that, please uh, let me know. Uh, I'll have a, a Shelly put a list together um, for that. Or if you want to donate towards that, maybe you're like, well, I can't, I've got plans on Christmas, but I can cook a turkey and drop it off awesome, or a ham, or sweet potatoes, or um, whatever. If you want to give something towards that, please, 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 please let me know. All donations will be um, accepted. Uh, I've already talked to um, 
a friend of mine's church up the road, uh, Pastor Rich Hall at uh, the Congregational Church, and they're going to be donating like $400 or something towards us, uh, which is awesome. We can buy, you know, get a lot of stuff for that. Um, so if you're interested in that, please let me know. I think that's the only, we're good now. All right. You have your Bibles open to uh, Luke chapter 1. You can restart the timer. You might start the timer over. Um, <laughs> yes. Luke chapter 1. Let's look, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 57, and the goal is to go all the way through 80 today. So Luke chapter 1, verse 57 says, Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but this is just funny. They made signs to his father that his father was not deaf, he was just mute, right? It's crazy how people act. Um, and he asked for a, uh, a, a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John, and they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we, we thank you. Um, God, we ask over these next few minutes as we've opened your word, as, as we get ready to just dive in and just peel back the layers, that, uh, God, we're ministered to. Um, God, that we can see your truth, that we can understand for certain what it is that you want us to see and what you want us to hear and how you want us to live. God, um, you, you're, you're, you're God. We're not. Uh, God, we want to worship you. We want to put you in the place of worship in our lives. God, we ask um, that uh, as we talk about this, that, that we stay focused. Uh, God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, let's, let's look at this. Uh, what, is, what has taken place up to this time? What, what, what did we talk about last week as far as what Mary um, did or what Mary encountered when coming to talk to Elizabeth? Anybody? The baby jumping. The ba the baby jumping. What else? Okay, giving glory to, to God. Man, you're stealing the show. Sorry. He, 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 where's your notes at? Um, no, but yeah, absolutely. So uh, Mary w w was faced with um, Elizabeth uh, saying that, uh, hey, blessed be, be you, blessed be your womb, everybody's going to call you blessed, and, and, and started to really worship Mary. And Mary said, whoa, 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 no, 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 let's worship God. And, and we talked about worship, and we, then we talked about um, what to do in, with worship. And how we, we said, in the face of worry, what are we to do? Worship. worship. And I, I'll tell you, and I think, uh, I think Jeremiah said, maybe it was Jake uh, a few minutes ago, last week um, when we worshiped at the end of the service, that was awesome. Just, just to let you know, when, when, when Jeremiah tells me, man, I could barely hear myself sing, 
That is what it's supposed to be all the time. So uh, I had a, a, a nice conversation w- with a, um, a, a spiritual giant in my life, and he said, well, the, the, the reason that is is because um, you, you freed, and when I say me, God spoke to me through, or g- spoke to you through me to say, hey, it's okay to sound bad when we glorify God, okay? So it's a joyful noise. I'm giving you, I'm going to do this again at the end, hopefully. If I don't remember at the end, I'm going to do it right now. You have permission to sound terrible to the person next to you. Just look to the person next to you and say, I'm sorry. Come, come, come on. Come on, just look, just, just look and say, I'm sorry. Get, get it over with because we are going to worship at the end of this service the same way. We're going to lift our, our voices up. Um, we're going to worship in song. We're going to be taking, uh, partaking of the elements of communion. But I want us to also understand as we do all this, we are, I don't care how you sound, as you are singing, as you are glorifying God, as the angels are looking down in awe, you are ministering to one another. When you can stand there and don't give a rip about what anybody says or thinks about what's going on to you, and you know that your focus is on God, that speaks volumes. So let your light shine. Let your voice be a noise unto the Lord, a joyful one. And what did I say last week? Get over yourself and focus on God. All right, we can do that, right? All right, let's get back to the text here. So Mary showed us we need to worship instead of worry. And we talked about how everybody gets to a point in their life where they're going to worry. But what do we do in that point? We got to worship. We got to worship. We got to worship. I believe that there's another um, uh, example of worship here, which we'll talk about in more, in, 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 a little bit more in, in depth. But uh, let's, let's look at, at um, Elizabeth and the, the time that, um, you know, when it was time to, to, for, for the, the baby to be born. Now, a few things here. If you're taking notes, write this down. The faithful and the fearful. The faithful and the fearful. That's kind of like going to be the, 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 the whole uh, focus of today. I, at least that's what I'm wanting it to be. Uh, I, I hope God takes it that way. But the faithful and the fearful, because we're going to see really two sets of people here in, out of this text. We're going to see the faithful and we're going to see the fearful. And what we're going to do is we're going to see the outcome of both of them. And if we're honest with ourselves, we fall into one of these categories. And maybe we fall into one of these categories sometimes and the other category the other times. Well, if we fall into the fearful category, we need to understand how to get out of that fearful category. So looking at this text here, it says that, okay, the time was come when when Elizabeth was to give birth and to to, to bear a son. She was going to give birth to uh, her son. And I, I love here it says, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. So they didn't witness, because remember, just, just bear with me, let's look at the text for what it is. They didn't witness um, visibly what, what had taken place, because remember, uh, she, she hid herself for some time, right? So it says that they heard that the Lord had shown great mercy. But when they heard, it says that they rejoiced with her. Okay, so then there was a time of, of, of reckoning. There was a time of, oh, okay, so I heard about this, now I'm seeing this, and let's rejoice. So we had this group of people who did not encounter 
have the, the, the exact encounter that, that Elizabeth had with the, the angel Gabriel, with the messenger from God. But what we see is, is her, her life was reflectant of it. In this moment, it's, it's, it's obvious because she's, um, what, what, what did Zechariah say? Um, advanced in years. She, she wasn't old, guys. She was advanced in years. But now she has a, 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 she's, she's getting ready to, to give birth to a, to a baby. So obviously something miraculous had happened. So these people here, they're, they're rejoicing in this. It says on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. Um, Google it, not going to explain it. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But the mother answered, no, he shall be called, he shall be called John. Um, as I was reading this with my, my, my kids last night, uh, the question came up, what's the big deal? Why did, why did they want to call him Zechariah? Well, it was just a tradition. They wanted to carry on the family tradition. Um, and that was what they did. They didn't have surnames like Kackner, um, so they would call him Zechariah to, ca- to carry on this, this tradition. So why is that important? Well, right off the bat, what we have is we have people who uh, were rejoicing because of a miracle that God had, had done in this woman. But when it comes down, when we have that uh, where the rubber meets the road in principle and practice, um, w- they revert to the old way. Like, whoa, praise God, he, you're, you're, you're pregnant. I mean, you're an old lady. I mean, older, advanced in years lady. And now you're pregnant. Praise be to God. Let's name him Zechariah. Well, they go back to the old way of thinking, and she says, no, 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 ain't going to be that way. That, that's not going to happen. And they, they, they try to convince her, well, none of your relatives is called by this name. Okay. I, I love this because when God tells you something to do, and I, I believe he tells every single one of us in here, every person in here, God has told you to do something, um, the reality is that you just don't listen. I have a hard time listening to myself sometimes. What is God telling you to do? What we can see here is God told Elizabeth, this is what I want you to do. And she didn't care about what everybody else thought. She knew what God wanted her to do. No matter if her, her friends and her relatives were coming like, you're crazy. We're supposed to, he should be named Zechariah. John? That's a weird name. Well, he's going to be a weird individual. I, I'm, think, I'm sure that it's probably not what, he's, what she said, but we know that now. But she didn't give a rip about what people thought. She saw him. She heard what God said to, to, to her. She saw the baby and she said, okay, this is what I was told to do. It says, they gave up on, on her and they went and they made signs to the, the father, right? That, that, that to me is funny because, he, again, he was not... Deaf, he was just mute. Um, people do crazy things, and, and, and uh, how about this? People do crazy things when they're trying to get what they want done. They'll go uh, 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 against um, the grain, maybe, and I don't even think that's a word, the word I'm looking for. They'll go against what, what, what is logical to do. Well, he's not deaf, he's just, he just can't talk. So instead of just talking to him, They went up and yelled in his face, what do you think we should call him? That's that's what I see in in my head. I know, I'm sorry. But that's what I see. They're trying to make signs and and just gang signs, I don't know, throwing them out there, whatever. 
But they were saying, well, what do you want to call it? And he says, give me, a, give, give me an iPad. I'm going to just jot this down for you. People do weird things, right, to get their point across, to get what they want instead of what, what God wants. His name is John. And, and, and from this point here, we have a, a, a shift in, in, in their demeanor. So we have the, these people who were rejoicing because God had mercy on um, the old lady. And so, it was, I mean, advanced in years, this lady, she, he had mercy on, on, or he had mercy on, on Elizabeth. Praise be to God. Wait a second. You're not, you're going to make, name, name him John? Wait, 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 wait. Zechariah, you're name him John? Hmm. They went from praising God to just kind of wondering. Hmm. That's what it says. And they all wondered. Pause for a second. Twofold statement here. One, when you do what God tells you to do, those who are around you the closest are going to stop and wonder at times. But don't let that be a determining factor of not doing what it is that God's told you to do. I, I, I can give you a myriad of stories of people looking at, well, people look at me funny anyways, but looking at me funny when I'm like, no, this is what God wants me to do. Yes, it doesn't make sense to you, but this is what God has told me to do. At the same time, this is where the second part of the statement comes in. Don't use the lame excuse of, I feel God wants me to do X, Y, and Z. I feel God wants me to buy a new car or buy a new house. <laughs> Can God communicate to you and tell you to do certain things like that? Yes, God's God, and I'm not going to put him in a box. But at the same time, don't let your personal agendas get in the way of what God really wants for you. Because what God really wants for you is for you to live a life that is pleasing to him. We'll see that here in a second. Let's go. So they all wondered, and immediately... Zechariah's mouth, his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, blessing God. We'll talk about the blessing of God here in a second. Verse 65 says, and fear came on all, the, of all their neighbors. And all these things they were talked about through all the hill country of Judea and all who heard them uh, laid them up in his heart saying, what then will this child be? So think, look at this. We had these people who went from rejoicing, I, I'm, I'm going to rejoice because God is, God is good. Everything is going good. Well, then things change a little bit, and they're like, well, wait, wait, it's, not going, it's still going okay, but it's not going like I want it to, so it goes into wonder. But now it's like, whoa, wait a second. Dude couldn't talk, now he's talking. I'm like, I'm, I'm fearful. They lived in fear. How do these people who go from, from praising God fall back into fear. Well, I've got my own, my own speculation here, but I think that one uh, way in which we can kind of understand it, these are some of the same people who would have been shouting Hosanna when Christ came into town on Palm, on Palm Sunday that a week later were, were, were shouting, crucify him. People are fickle. Everybody look to your neighbor, neighbor there and say, you're fickle. Now look to your other neighbor and say, you're fickle. Now those of you that are too shy to do that, just, just, just think, I'm fickle. Right? I am fickle. I'm fickle, but I'm not ticklish. 
I am fickle. We, but see, that is the reason that we need certainty, though. What's that? Expound? Expound? That's it. Fickle, being um, not knowing of, like being, I'm over here. Oh, no, 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 I'm over here. Well, I'm out, I'm out here. What's that? Scatterbrand, would be a good one. Yes. Yes. You good with that? Fantastic. So scatterbrain, like all over the place. Not knowing what is real and what is not. Not knowing what is true and what is not. I, I believe, and, and I'm saying this facetiously. I mean, it's like sarcastically. Um, <laughs> saying this tongue-in-cheek, you know. Paul says that, that we need to mature so we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Because there are things that are going to be tossed at us that we're going to have to deal with. It's called life. How are we going to deal with that? Well, I, I think that as we look into this and as we see this picture here of these people who were, man, they were on, on the high, and now they're like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm fearful. What we see is we have the, the, this people that some of us can identify with in here. And, and let me throw this out there as a disclaimer. Just because you identify with this group of people doesn't make you a bad person. What it makes you is human. Because it'll happen. But you've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. Maybe I haven't said it for a while. It's okay not to be okay. All right? It is okay not to be okay. But it's not okay to stay not okay. Got that? So that, that, that's where these people, that if you fall into that fearful category, and when I'm saying fearful, I'm talking fearful in a bad way, a negative way. I'm not talking to fear of God as reverence. No, I'm talking fearful like there's a snake and I'm fearful of that snake. I'm scared, right? It's okay to identify yourself there, but it's not okay to stay there. And that's the hope in which we have is we don't have to stay there. We can see the, 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 the evidence and the certainty that's given to us in Scripture that we have hope. Let me move on here because I, I don't want to just focus on the, on, on the negative, the fearful. Although I think that the, the majority of us fall into that for the most time, or most of the time. What I want to focus on now is the faithful. Notice, notice that Elizabeth and Zechariah were faithful to God, no matter what. And I think it's important for us to note also one of the reasons that they were faithful to God was because they were unified. They were united. They had a central focus. Notice how they went to Elizabeth first. And I'm not trying to... Maybe I am. I don't know. This kind of just popped in my head. Maybe there's some correlation here to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Maybe there's like a secondary thought here we can see. A dual meaning where they went to Elizabeth first. And they tried to say, okay, well, you, you, you're not going to call him. You're really not going to call him John. As if they're trying to trick her or deceive her like, like Eve was, was deceived. But it didn't work on, on Elizabeth. And, he, they go, and, and then they go to uh, Zechariah and said, you know, really, John? It's kind of crazy. But there was, they both knew, they both stood on the ground that God had prepared for them. No, this is what God told us to do. 
This is, and I say that, I mean, maybe, so husbands and wives, they're married couples, they're maybe future married couples, whatever. You know, this is important. Because if we're going to withstand the temptations of the world, if we're going to withstand what life is going to throw at us, it's easier to do it when there's two of you. There's a reason why Jesus sent out 72 disciples, two by 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 two, all the way up to 72. There's power in numbers. I say this because um, then in the marriage relationship, the way that God has intended for us, there's power in there when there's, when there's unity. Now, let me say this also. There's some that, that, that may not, um, one, maybe you're not married, or, or two, you know, situations happen. That doesn't mean that you can't be firm and united in what it is that God has told you to do. Don't, don't, don't let this, like, oh, he's just talking to the married people. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm making a point that, that Elizabeth and Zechariah were united in what it is that they were doing. But I think as a body of Christ, we have to be united. We have to have that central focus. That's why you hear me say it all the time. It's all about Jesus. It's not about Lee's agenda. It's not about the church's agenda. It's all about Jesus. We have to have that central focus. Because when stuff starts being tossed and thrown at us, we, we have to know how to react to it. We want to, and maybe, and I don't think, I should say this, I don't, I don't think that I'm standing here alone. That's why I'm down with y'all. I think that we want to be faithful. I don't think there's anybody in here who wants to be fearful. But what happens is we get captured and we get drug into that fear. But we don't have to. It doesn't have to happen. What, 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 what then do we do? How do we combat this? Well, I'm glad you asked. One question, where's your faith? Where's your faith? At the end of the day, if you want to make sure that you're in the faithful category and not the fearful category, where's your faith? Well, my faith, I've got strong faith. Okay, not going to dispute anybody's faith. What I want to ask is when I say, where is your faith, I'm intending on who is your faith in. Is it in yourself? Is it in your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad or your grandma, grandpa, whoever? Or is your faith in God? Is your faith rooted and grounded in what Christ has done? Because at the end of the day, Marty is going to let me down. As cool of a guy as he is, as big of a green tractor as he has, as much as Gabe idolizes Marty... Marty's going to let us down. I'm going to, we're all sorry, right? I'm going to let you down. But see, I'm not the object. Marty's not the object. Anybody sitting around, they're not the object of your faith. They're not to be the one who is worshipped. God and God alone is. And I love this because this is what helps us get through those hard times where we are rooted and where we are grounded, because when we're not rooted and we're not grounded in Him, forgive my French, but all hell breaks loose. It happens in your life. When, you're, when, when Paul wrote that don't do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit, he had this in mind, like what it is that you're going to be doing has to be rooted and grounded in what Christ has already done. Because if not, hold on for the ride. It's going to get bumpy. 
Let's go back here to the text here because I, I think that when, when faced with, with all of this, when we, we see what, what needs to be done and what has to be done, we get to the, 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 the most important part of this whole text because we can see the identifying of the, the fearful and we can see the identifying of the faithful, but what we need to see is the outcome of what the faithful does. When, what is the identifying mark of this faithful is what takes place and what is exercised out of the faithfulness. Look in verse um, 50, or I'm sorry, 64. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he spoke. So when, when uh, Zechariah was faithful, it said that he, his mouth was open, his tongue was loosed, and he spoke and he rebuked them all, Right? No, what does it say? It's bless God. The first words out of his mouth after the man being faithful was glorifying God. We, we know this because we see what he said. Look down there in verse 67. Verse 67. It says, And his father Zechariah filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham." to grant us that we, being delivered, I love that word, delivered from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without what? Fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. If we're honest with ourselves in the situations that we get into where we're fearful we're not in a state of peace. And when we're not in a state of peace, it's very indicative of the steps in which we have taken to be where it is that we're at. Why do I say that? Because we have a tendency to make bad choices. When we make these bad choices, we have to reap the, 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 the circumstances does, is that what God wants for us? No, that's not what he wants for us. It says that he wants to guide our feet into the way of peace. He wants to give us light. Look at, there, look at verse 79. He wants to give light to those who sit in the darkness. I, I think that there, this is, uh, um, this, this, there's a lot in the, just this one verse because he's talking about those who sit in darkness, those who um, are, are not children of God, those who are far from God. That's a people. That's real. There are people that are in your lives that are not children of God. Well, aren't, isn't everybody a child of God? No, they're not because the Bible says that they're not. To be a child of God, you have to believe in him. 
That's what the Bible says, not what I say. I don't take pride in that, but what I, what I want to do is identify here, he's saying that the Messiah is going to come, the Messiah is coming to give light to those who sit in the dark so they can have hope. But then he moves on to another group of people, I believe, and in the shadow of death. I think that, 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 that there are, um, this would be indicative of those believers like, like us that sometimes we get into those dark depths. I, I like to call them the, 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 the dark nights of the soul. If we read through the Psalms, we see that, uh, that uh, David, a man after God's own heart, experiences times like these. Where although he was a man after God's own heart, he had times that it was, he, it was real, man. He was lower than low. Just read through it. I, I love it. He, sometimes he's like these, these, uh, these other people that we talked about where he's proclaiming God's glory. And then on the very next page, he's like, God, where are you? He has these times. So when we're talking about the Messiah coming, by, we're talking about Christ coming. He's come to give light. Not only to those who are in the darkness, but those who are his own that have those dark nights of the, of the soul, those valleys in their life. And what does he want to do with both of them? Well, it says he wants to guide our feet in the way of peace. How is that done? Well, I think it's, you know, you got to look at Scripture in light of Scripture. It says that we need to serve without fear. We need to live in holiness and in righteousness all our days. All the time. All the time. Everything we do. I, I talked about it in, in Sunday school this morning. I talked about everything we do, we need to do quorum day. Before the face of the Lord. Because if we do everything before the face of the Lord, that's in the presence of the Lord, that's under the authority of, of, of the Lord, and that's to the glory of the Lord. If we do everything that way, we will be guided by our steps. Our paths, is it going to be easy? No, no, by no stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to be the, the, the heretic that says up here that if you just have enough faith, your life is going to be really well. No, not at all. I'll tell you this, the deeper you get in your faith, the closer you get to your God, our God, the one true God, the tougher things will be. Why is that? Because the closer you get to the light, the more imperfect you see that you are and the more you see that you need him. And that's what we were designed to do, was to need him. I don't know about you. I know that that can come across. I've been told that I'm a little bit brash and a little bit harsh in how I present this. I don't care because the truth is the truth. The closer we get to Christ... And that should be our desire as if I'm saying that I'm, I'm a believer in him, that, that he's my God, I want to get closer. And I want to get closer. And I want to get closer. So the closer we get to him, the more aware we are of the sin that's in our life that we need to repent of. And it's not until we get rid of the sin because sin, what, what does sin do? Anybody? Separates. Sin separates. What does sin separate us from? Sin separates us from God. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'm, he's paid for all the penalties of my sins. Oh, absolutely, okay, I, I, I believe you. Then why are you still holding on to that sin? If he has forgiven that, and he has atoned for that, he has taken that, quit holding on to it. 
It's like when going to the store and Gabriel grabs a Lego box off the, the shelves. He hadn't done this for years because I beat him last time. But um, just say, no, he grabs a Lego box. When he was little, grab this off the shelf and, and say, Daddy, I want this. And I said, no. And he, I grab it to take it and put it back on the shelf. And he's still hanging on to it. But I want it. That's a visual that some of us are, some of us have, or some of us live with our sin. God, I've given this to you, but oh man, it's, but it, it makes me so happy. All right. You haven't experienced true happiness then. What we have to do, what we, what we must do, is we must see that God does. I don't care what you think, I don't care what you've been told, what we can know for certain for certainty or with certainty is that God rewards the faithful. God wants to reward you. He wants for you to live a life that is abundant. The Bible says that, but it's not like I'm just going to give this to you and uh, see what you can do with it. Now we've got steps in which we have to take. We have steps so we can be on the path of peace. We have steps so we can uh, be on this path of righteousness. We have steps so we can be more holy. Question is, what are we going to do with it? I want to say one good springboard is we're going to start with worship. In the face of, like last week, worry, we're going to worship. In the face of blessing, what are we going to do? We're going to worship. What does worship do? Two things. Individually, it gets you focused to where you need to be. Corporately, it helps others who set, that are scatterbrained, like Bobby was saying, that are fickle. It helps them to get focused. So we can elevate Christ to where he should be in our lives. So with that, I'm, in, I'm done. I went four minutes over that I wanted to. But here's what we're going to do. We're not just going to end with an abrupt stop. What we're going to do is we're going to take communion. Um, in taking of communion, you've heard me say it many times before. This is not, there's nothing special about the, the cup. There's nothing special about the bread. It's symbolic. We are symbolizing. Go ahead and turn the lights down there, uh, Maestro, please. It's symbolizing the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. What we want you to do is we want you to understand that communion is open for all believers. But don't take communion in an unworthy manner. Do not um, defile the, the, the shed blood and the, and the broken body of Christ. You will see um, there are uh, there's two different ways you can take communion. Well, yeah, I'm implementing something a little bit different today. You're going to see a cup sitting up there. Please do not pick up that cup and guzzle it. The cup is there to dip your bread in if you want to do that. There's multiple ways in which you can, you can partake of communion. This is one where if you take some of the bread, you can dip it in the cup and you can partake of it. Or if you are freaked out by that, there's those little shot glasses up there. Maybe you're at home with shot glasses. I don't know. But you could take that. However, but remember when we're taking it, we're, we're, we're proclaiming the, the shed blood. We're proclaiming the broken body of Christ. We are celebrating his first coming. We're looking forward to his second coming. We are, are, are saying, I'm going to live faithful. Although I may fall into the fearful category, I want to identify and get out of the fearful and into the faithful. 
During all that time, what we're going to also do is the, the band's going to be playing. We're going to worship. Uh, again, you are free to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Sing your hearts out. Don't give a rip about what anybody else says. I, I, don't, I told you last week, I'm the most obnoxious in here. We know that. I'll sing louder than anybody. I don't care. Because I want Him to get all the glory. I want Him to hear my joyful melodious voice. Now maybe it won't be melodious. Is that even a word? Sweet. Um, but what we're going to do also during that time, we've got uh, another a few minutes of, of service. Um, if you want prayed with, there's plenty of people who would love to pray with you. Um, we'll have guys up here that, that will be doing uh, communion. I mean, I know there's ladies as well. Um, that would love to pray with you. If, if no one is up here to be prayed with, go seek somebody out. If, if you want to pray with, maybe you feel you want to pray with someone. Awesome. Take this time, let's, let's do what the body's supposed to, to do and be united and minister to one another. Don't feel awkward or feel weird because if you feel awkward and, and weird, you're in good company because everybody does. Let the guard down. Let God be glorified in all we do. So let's stand and let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, God, as we um, get ready to partake of the elements, we ask that you bless the, the, the cup. We ask that you bless the, uh, the bread as we symbolize your broken body, your shed blood. Uh, God, we also ask as we lift our voices up in, in praise, as we um, get ready to worship in that aspect, we can also worship um, with our giving. Uh, God, we, we ask um, that uh, you bless the giver. We, we ask that as the, the, the plates are, are, are passed or the baskets or whatever they are, um, God, that, that uh, we understand that, that it, this is just a small token of what you've given us. God, that, that we want to further impact your kingdom. God, we know that this season there's a lot to do, um, and uh, we want to be able to do that. So, God, we ask that you bless us today. We ask that we can focus on you. We ask that our worship is glorifying to you, and we ask this in Jesus' name.